You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 25 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Tom Hiscott, the editor of the Toolstation Western League Bulletin. You, we, we gave you the week off, Tom, but it's good to have you back. Yeah, yeah, good to be back. Plenty more, plenty more matches to look back on this week. So, uh, yeah, plenty of action to get our teeth into, which is always good. Absolutely. I mean, the the weather really did um, n- did us no favours um, a couple of weeks ago. But, I mean, I was really pleased to see that actually we did get so many games on. So, I mean, that does all go well, doesn't it, for the um, hopefully for the rest of the month? Absolutely. You always kind of fear the worst when it's sort of either, you know, a bit wet or a bit icy out there on a Saturday morning and Friday night or whatever. But, um, yeah, good to good well done to the, uh, yeah, the clubs that managed to, to, well, most of them got the games on, which excellent. Right then. We're going to kick things off. Um, on Saturday the 15th of January where, with um, action in the FA Vars fourth round. We mm. had three teams uh, involved in the fourth round action. Tom, um, how did we fare? Oh, it was, well, we, we were close to having perfection, weren't we? We could have had three through. Uh, the, the one victors we did have was Buckland. Uh, excellent result in front of 312 fans down there at Homer's Heath. Uh, a 2-1 win for them over Egham. So they're through to the last 16. Um, and it was a yeah, dramatic late winner for them that, that did the business. Um, they, they, yeah, they pretty much pretty much enjoyed the best of the, the early running. And uh, a 10th minute penalty from Ben Carter put them put them ahead. I think that was pretty deserved at the time. Josh Webb fouled in the box and Carter tucking home that penalty. Uh, but they were then reduced to 10 men just for a little period with the Simbin uh, in effect. And that was Rob Farkins at the start of the second half. And it felt from yeah, felt felt from that that Egham sort of grew into the game a little bit with the extra man. Obviously, Farkins did return just after he did. In fact, it was Egham who managed to to get back on level terms. That was Brendan Matthew, I think, after about 20, 20 minutes into the second half. Uh, but then, yeah, with the game pretty much set for set for penalties, Buckler managed to uh, claim the late winner. Uh, dramatic circumstances, and it was Carter again. Uh, from I've not actually seen the highlights or anything, but. Uh, from from the way it's been described, it was kind of a yeah bit of a bit of a bobbly effort that managed to just about nestle in the back of the net. So uh, yeah, really good good stuff from Buckland and and they're through to the next round. Uh, nearly joined by a couple of other sides to say, uh, Clevedon coming from behind to to claim a claim a draw uh, away at Southall one uh, one game went to penalties. However, they yeah fell fell to a five four defeat unfortunately, and it was similar for for Bridgewater. Um, slightly different circumstances. They did have a two goal lead. Uh, Jack Taylor scoring twice, uh, goal either side of the break for him, uh, putting them uh, yeah well in command really at home to home to Tunbridge Wells. Uh, another big crowd of over three hundred down there. Uh, but uh, yeah, unfortunately for for the home side, uh, Tunbridge Wells managed to to hit back a couple of goals from Harry Hudson and Robbie Bissett in the last twenty minutes or so. Another one. Penalty shootout, and uh, yeah, it was the the Western League side that fell short again. Unfortunately, it was five three on penalties. So um, yeah, unfortunately, only Buckland through to the last sixteen. But fantastic runs in the cup from Clevedon and Bridgewater. Going out on penalties, the cruelest way, isn't it? But mm. um, never mind. I mean, they did well to get as far as they did in the competition, and of course, we Absolutely. all get behind Buckland now. The draw. Um, for the next round of the Vars, the last 16 has taken place today and Buckland Athletic have been drawn away at Newport Pagnell Town. That game to be played on Saturday, February the 12th. So I'm sure we'll be previewing that um, nearer the time and keeping everything crossed um, that Buckland can um, progress. But um, I'm sure they'd have wanted a home tie, but never mind. Let's hope that they can do it on their travels. 
So moving into the Premier Division, Tom, uh, and a top-of-the-table clash between Exmouth Town and Bitten, and another massive gate for this one. Yeah, it really was. Another, another 300 plus. Um, fantastic to see uh, Exmouth. And, uh, yeah, the, most of the fans there will be over the moon that, that, that did attend because it was a really good win for the home side, a 3-1 victory for them. Uh, goals either side of the interval from Aaron Denny uh, and then Jordan Harris putting them in control. Uh, Josh Egan did pull a goal back 15 minutes from time or so uh, to get bitten back into it. Uh, but Exmouth managed to, to push on, uh, now up into second spot following this win. Uh, Nathan Cooper firing home in the final five minutes. And, uh, yeah, 3-1 win for them over Bitten. So a fantastic afternoon uh, for Exmouth. Absolutely. And, um, well, a, a fantastic home, a fantastic afternoon at home to Canesham Town as well. They took on Ilfracombe Town, who are no slouches. Another good gate here at Canesham. And the, uh, and the home side really turning, turning on the goals here, Tom. Yeah, amazing, amazing game. I think probably goal uh, game of the day. Uh, a five-three win uh, for Kenchim over over Ilfracombe. It was pretty, pretty back and forth. Um, and it was uh, yeah, an amazing first half, which yeah definitely had the attacks on top. Uh, be fair to say, uh, Jamie Noble firing uh, Kenchim ahead after a quarter of an hour or so, uh, but then Ilfracombe hit back. Jack Langford and Liam Short scoring within uh, within a sort of couple of minutes of each other. Uh, turn the game in in their favour, uh, but it was Dan Cottle uh, his turn then to to get on the score sheet, drawing Kenshin level after about 21 minutes. I think there was about four goals in in space of five or six minutes or so there. So um, yeah, quite a lot going on. Uh, further goal at the end of the first half from Jordan Metters uh, put Kenshin back in front uh, before Ilfracombe hit back. Uh, Charlie Prentice uh, leaving the leaving the game uh, in the balance uh, once again. So that that made it free all if he's struggling to keep up, which I definitely am. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, fortunately for the home fans, it, it was yeah, it was Kenchman finished uh, finished finished on top. Cottle striking again to put them back in front. I know he's one of your faves. Uh, oh, and yes. there was also another goal uh, for Will Halston. He's he's having a terrific season. Uh, he scored the fifth of, uh, for Kenchum. and uh, yeah, they ran out five three victors. So a, a terrific game down there. Absolutely, not quite so many goals at Mausel, but um, the home side will have gone home happy nonetheless. Yeah, and they've been one of those sides. There's plenty of them. I've, I've, to, to sort of say they're they're one of a one of a one of a kind, but Mausel haven't played in in close to a month, I think, or or something something getting close to that. So straight back in and straight back in winning ways. Uh, a two 0 win for them over Brislington at Trungle Park. Uh, but uh, yeah, and it was goals from uh, Jack Calvert and Callum McConey uh, for, for Mausel, and they now sit third. So uh, yeah, fantastic, fantastic return for them. Well, you're absolutely spot on. Mausel haven't played for nearly a month. And I started my conversation with their manager, Jack, Jake Ash, by um, reflecting on the fact he must have been pleased to get back into playing action. Yeah, yeah, massively pleased. Yeah, we've, we've really, really, really missed it. And um, we're on a, on, a, on a good run of form as well. So uh, we, we, we were supposed to play last week against Clevedon. Um, no surprise, certainly not to us down here in Cornwall, that, that it was called off. I mean, the weather was was absolutely horrendous to the point where we... we we managed to arrange a friendly at really short notice and uh, play it on one of the supposedly all-weather pitches down here. That's the one base at the school that I work at. And uh, even that was waterlogged. I mean, it, it was very, very close to getting abandoned. Um, it was so wet. So no surprise that last week's game was called off, but it, we were really excited about getting back to back to it. So um, it was nice this week because Saturday's game was always going to be on. The weather was really good down here. And uh, 
obviously we, we were out of our sort of COVID bit and everyone was fit and healthy and, and, and not, not, not suffering with that. So, it was, yeah, it was really nice to get back to it. And it was really important that we, we carried on um, the good form that we'd been. We didn't want to lose the momentum that we'd had. Um, and, and you know, we'd had two two weeks of you know training as well, four sessions where the boys were literally sharp and hungry. So yeah, it was really nice to get back to it, and, and actually really important for a win. We, we we quite often talk about our processes and how we want to play, and that being really really important to us, making sure that we get those right. But but really, Saturday was about winning the game because we just wanted that 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 feeling to come back, and, and it's really important that. We were on a run where it felt like we could, you know, we could win most weeks, and we wanted to get that sort of feeling back again. So it was nice to get that back against a good Brisbane side, really resolute. So um, yeah, really nice to get back to it, and uh, yeah, we, we really missed it. Um, obviously, the result at the end of the day is the most important thing. But did you blow the cobwebs away with that win over Brislington? Was there a little bit of ring rust in the performance? I think with a friendly the week before, we got a lot of out there. We were absolutely abject in the first half of the friendly we did the week before. And uh, we stuck, we, I think it was there that we kind of really blew it out. And we've been training a lot and we train twice a week and we train at high intensity. So I, I think most of that got out um, out of the system. We, we, we started the game really well. Um, and then Brisbane had a bit of a spell in the first half and, and we, we managed to score at a really good time before half time. So, um, no, we didn't look too bad actually. And we, 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 we looked like. Um, there was a few bits that, that could be sharper, but I think there always is at this level. You know, we don't get the. We'd love to work with them all day, every day, wouldn't we, to get them get them where we want them to be? But um, no, there was enough. There was enough good things there to, to to see that the boys are in a good place, sort of physically, and um, and and it, they needed to be because, like I said, Brisbane. Although people look at the league table, they've 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 had some you know they've had some funny results this year. You know, beating Bitten and then sort of got hammered by Exmouth and, and you know, they've, they, they drew with Ilfracombe and, and Buckland of late. So um, you can see on the day, we saw on Saturday, that they're a good side, a really resolute side and a lovely bunch as well. We had a really nice chat with a few of the guys after the game as well. And um, but, but So it was nice to get a win against, against a good side who I'm, I'm sure will cause a lot of teams problems because um, they're, 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 they're certainly well organised. But, um, but yeah, it was a nice feeling, that Saturday night feeling. And I've got to admit, that beer on Saturday night just doesn't taste the same without three points in the locker. So, yeah, I had, a, I, had a, I had a nice time Saturday night. Well, that's good to know. I mean, most managers, particularly in the professional game, would um, you know would give their right arm for a winter break. I mean, this is the sort of the first time. Well, I suppose it's not the first time actually, because the weather's a very good. Um, has the ability to to stop us playing in um, you know in, in January and February. But I mean, I, I get the impression from you that actually you would have preferred to have ca- given the form you were in. You would have preferred to have carried on playing rather than have this sort of this break. Oh, without a doubt, um, we we were in a, a really good place, and you know the fitness levels were high, and the, the confidence was super high, and and obviously, as is the way with the world at the moment, you know we've had lots of stop start because of COVID, and and you know unfortunately, as a group, we spend probably the most amount of time together than any other group in the league. We're on the bus more than anyone else because of how far we have to travel. Uh, we train twice a week which I don't think too many other sides do in this league um, so so we, we have an awful lot of time together and, and then obviously as a result of that when when and if we do get struck by one or two cases of, of COVID we're, we're all the more likely to, to suffer and, and unfortunately that was the case but yeah it was it was devastating because you know, I had it personally and was bloody stuck in the house over Christmas and couldn't go anywhere and, and, and football's such a staple isn't it at Christmas you know it's part of all of us, you know, like yourself, in love, love your football. It's it's part of the tr- Christmas tradition, isn't it? You know, you, 
Christmas dinner on Christmas Day and you've got football on Boxing Day, it's, you know, those are, those are just, they're there in the diary. So, yeah, it felt very empty over Christmas without it. So, uh, yeah, I, I would never be an advocate of any type of break, you know, especially, you know, those at the top level there. You know, I think they, they do all right, don't they? they? They get looked after fairly well. Um, so, no, it wasn't something that we were uh, we would ever advocate or wanted. And that early bit in the season where you're playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, you know, we really like it. But, but equally, we love... You know, as a group, we, we really work hard in training. We really have um, we really have sort of a lot of thought around the way we train, and we've got some fantastic staff at the club um, and coaches who, who love getting on the training ground with people. And I, you know, and I often hear, you know, we'd much rather play than train, and I, I kind of get that. But then equally, without training, we're never going to get better. So, so it, it, what it has given us is, uh, you know, once we came out of the break, we've had two whole weeks of and a, and a Saturday of, of training, so we've had five sessions, which. You know, is re- is really valuable. So although it's been a break, we've we've managed to kind of keep ourselves in a good place and, and keep kind of doing the things that we want the boys to do. And I think that showed on Saturday because I think if we'd gone into Saturday really cold of no training and, and probably no friendly the week before, I think we'd have come unstuck against a decent side. So um, yeah, no, I'm, I'll uh, I'll definitely not be supporting any email that comes out from the Western League or any other league in the future uh, for a Christmas break. Um, it's not it's not fun. I, I think you'll be waiting an awfully long time for one of them. Um, <laughs> You've um, one of the things your postponements have sort of meant is that you've now got five games in hand on our league leaders, but that doesn't necessarily give you an advantage, does it? As the fixtures pile up, they could come thick and fast, and you know, with with um, injuries and the like, you know, it doesn't necessarily always translate to points on the board. No, I know without a doubt. I think um, I think I saw uh, I saw Stuart the, the, the Henderson, the Tavistock manager, put a you know, uh, put a little bit out, and I, and I think there was a little bit of chronology in there. I think um, points on the border, or on the border, just just they're valuable, and especially in this league, because um, especially in the world that we live in at the moment, because like you say, you never know from week to week who's going to be available. Injuries, COVID, um, you know, status, whatever it may be, um, you're never 100 percent sure which eleven you're going to be able to put out. So. I think there's 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 every chance that, that the points will be dropped by anyone and everyone. So um, I think if you've got them in the in on the board, it's it's always going to be an advantage. So yeah, we we just we're going to have to hope that we're a bit lucky, really, in terms of you know the weather and, and games not getting called off. I mean, at the moment we're we've only got one midweek game, so um, it's it's a very you know it's a doable uh, fixture list. But if we did start to lose two or three over the you know the coming weeks and months with because of weather or whatever other reason, then you know they start to pile up, and, and then we might start to look at that scenario, which I think everyone's tried to avoid of those long midweek fixtures, be that us going up to to somewhere Bristol or wherever, and or you know vice versa. I think obviously everyone's tried to avoid that, and the league have done a fantastic job of, of that not happening to anyone yet. And I think we're probably I think if the league were looking at it, we're probably the dangerous ones because. Um, we haven't got any Saturdays free, I don't think now. So um, fingers crossed that the, the weather plays ball. I'm looking out the window at the minute, and it's uh, it's nice and dry. As far as I say, it's beautiful, but it's uh, it's nice and dry. So um, yeah, we hopefully we don't get stuck anymore because the last thing you want to be doing. I I, I remember the year I was in the Western League with Truro, and obviously we had a good run in, in the Vars, and we were playing Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, and uh, I don't think anyone uh, anyone enjoyed that us or, or opposition. So. Fingers crossed, we'll um, we'll be lucky with the weather and, and it, it won't get silly. But it's going to take a while to catch up on those games because there are lots of midweekers. So I don't think we'll ever really catch up on those sort of games in hand on Tavistock as such until you know right towards the end of the season. So we're always going to be always going to be chasing whoever it is at the top, whether it's Tavistock or Exmouth or any of the other sides. So we just got to keep chipping away and uh, you know just, just keep just keep trying to get as many points on the board as we can. 
Does that change your targets for this season or your ambitions for this season in any way? Because, you know, you're fighting a war on two fronts, aren't you? Obviously, there's the, you know, the normal fixtures to fulfil, but actually, with the fixtures coming thick and fast and with the potential for the weather to continue to interfere with not only your fixtures but, you know, away games as well, it's going to throw you a few curveballs, isn't it, between now and the end of the season? I mean, is that something that you've thought about? Or at the end of the day, you know, do your ambitions to sort of see Mousel towards the top of the table, do they Remain. No, they absolutely remain. It doesn't change anything. We're, uh, we're, we've got so many curveballs placed in front of us because of our geography. Anyway, you know, Saturday we're off to Ashton and Backwell, and it will be a, you know, it'll be an eight thirty leave from Penzance. We won't get back till you know 10, 10 30, 11 o'clock. Um, you know, that's a curveball at any level of football to be to be putting that that travelling. So if we get thrown a few more, we get thrown a few more. But it won't it won't change our ambition. I, I know what the players are like. They, I, I'm, I'm certain if you know we end up with a Tuesday night away to you know Clevedon, let's say, um, they will find a way to, to do it and make it happen um, because they're they're really into it. And, and, and like I said to you that first time we spoke, Ian, you know, no one down in this part of the world has, has, has done the Western League or not for a long time anyway. Um, obviously, Parkway, Devon, and, and, but in terms of Cornwall, no one's done it for such a long time. It's still so new and, and it's still exciting so, you know everyone's still really enjoying it I know I'm looking forward to Saturday getting on the bus again um, you know we haven't done that for a month since we went up the street and it's always you know we, we said at the start of the year we get to make those bunch bus trips fun and enjoyable and uh, we've done that and so I'm looking forward to Saturday and, and I know the boys will be too so if, if, if we have to have a few strange you know and like you say, a few curveballs straight in front of us we'll, we'll absolutely hurdle them as best we can and it won't affect you know our our intentions or our, our ambitions in any way. We'll we'll make sure we counter it, and we, we we're good at that. We do. You know the club are amazing at that. They do everything they can to to give us the best possible opportunity to to be the best we can be. So um, I'm sure. Fingers crossed. We don't have to, but I'm sure if we do, then we'll be yeah, we'll be ready to ready to go. One of the interesting things I remember from our conversation earlier in the season was you were you know very much focused on um, the adventure that was going to be, you know, this first season for Mousel in, in the Western League. And at the time, the way the fixtures had sort of arranged themselves, you'd played a lot of games um, from, you know, with sides in, in Devon and Cornwall. Yes. But now you've had an opportunity to look at plenty of other sides, um, some more sort of traditional Western League sides, if you like. So so what do you make now of the of the step up from the Peninsula League into the Western League and, and the standard of football that you're coming up against every week? Yeah, I, I, I've got a bit of, and this is a this is a corner-based thing. I've got a bit of a bugbear with it because I think people have underestimated the, the, the standard of the Western League um, it, down in Cornwall, um, and I think there's a presumption that any team that step up from the, the Peninsula League will go into the Western League and, and do really well, I, which I, I think is a fallacy. I think the, the competition has been relentless. Um, I think we look at Ashton and Backwell on Saturday. We go face the team that are second bottom and every manager I speak to says listen they're not bad you know they're good they, you know, they've got xyz that are good about them and you know it would be difficult and and we didn't have that in the peninsula league you know, we, we would go to a team that's second bottom and we would win 10 nil we'd win 8 nil and that doesn't happen in the western league I know Bridport have had a, a bit of a difficult time but but you know, it was 2 nil down there at half time and it was you know they, they put up a really good really good fight for 45 minutes and I, I've been I've been impressed with the um, consistency of the challenge week in week out with, with all of the sides. The welcome's been brilliant. We love it, Ian. We absolutely love it. The, the league is the league is great. I think nine times out of ten, we've had brilliant brilliant receptions from people. They've made us feel super welcome. Um, we've tried to do that when they come to us, uh, and we've, we we really enjoying these away trips now as they start to come. Like you said, the, the start of the season felt 
strange really because we'd gone up and it was just playing the teams we, we'd always played before whereas now you know week in week out we're playing sides that we've maybe never come up against first time in a history and um, and it's nice it's not it's not that I don't know that that sort of colloquial um, inherent sort of local um, history that you build up against other sides you know and you know the other people and it, it's, it's exciting we, we love it mate and and, um, and and long may it continue and, and I think the standard of the sides throughout the league is 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 really strong uh, and you look at Buckland you know how they're going they're you know they're what eighth ninth in the league perhaps and and you know they're in the fifth round of the FA Vars and you've got Bridgewater who have a great had a great spread in the cup and you've got the likes of Millbrook who I understand to you early in the season will we're in a false position and they're they're climbing through it you've got all these teams in and around the middle of the table your Kings Kingshams and Cleveland Town who really impressed me um, who are who are good sides and, and can beat you know the, the the top sides on the day so. We love it. We think we think the standard is great. I, I think people in Cornwall are starting to give the Western League a bit more respect that it deserves in my mind because um, it's a massive step up from from the Peninsula League and, and and I'm sure the clubs that hopefully take that step in the next few years from the Peninsula League uh, are ready for that and, and appreciate it because that's why we do it. We want to play against these better teams and players. You know, Brisbane's another keeper was at, was at Man U as a, as a kid on Saturday and he was. He was outstanding. We don't, you know, that doesn't happen in Cornwall. We don't get that. So it, it's been a, it's been a real step up, and, um, and and we've really enjoyed it. And, and we've kind of grown into it. I must admit, as the season's gone on, um, and, and, and kind of got got accustomed to it. And um, long may it continue, as far as I'm concerned. Now you've mentioned that you've got Ashton Batwell up next up on Saturday, and then actually you've already done a very good job of running through your next four opponents. Whether you did that deliberately or not, I'm not sure. <laughs> But the, the four games after Ashton and Backwell are Buckland, Bridgewater, Clevedon and Canesham. Now, perhaps it would be a little bit melodramatic to describe these fixtures as season-defining, but you're clearly doing very well in the league at the moment. If you don't take a good number of points from those games, they could change the complexion of where you sit in the table. Yeah, that doubt, I think we've proven with sort of eight wins on the trot now that if, if a team can go on a good run, um, then they'll... they'll you know, propel themselves right into that top two or three. You know, always be behind Tavistock. But I think if we if we step our foot off the pedal, then the other teams will win games around us because they're so close. You know, so many other teams. You know, there's three or four or five other teams that are so close to us that maybe two or three might not win. But if the other two do, it starts to put pressure on you. So yeah, after Ashton back where we've got a tough run, we got Buckland. Buckland will be really tricky. You know, I know a few of their, few of their players, and I know you see what they've done this year. And, Beating some good sides in the league as well, and, and and then Bridgewater, you know, there's no escaping. We've lost not not many games this year, and Bridgewater have beaten us two out of two, and once in the Vars and, and quite heavily in the league up at their place. So so that'll be super super tricky. Um, it's good that they're both at home; that that, that helps. Um, and then yeah, and then we've got Cleveston again, which which gave us a very tough game at home. It's a, a tricky one up there, and and we haven't faced um, Cajun yet, and, and obviously you know they've they've had some good results, another good one at the weekend. So. Yeah, I, I think I think we, I don't really look at any of the games, Ian. If I'm honest, and think, oh well, that's that's three points. And like I said, we did do that last year. There's no escaping that, whether people say it out loud or not. You look at a game, you go, well, we'll, we'll be all right. We'll win that one. Um, we look at everyone and say, look, we, we can drop points here. But on the flip side to that, I think everyone else is in the same position. I mean, Elston, Elston and Bridgewater play each other on Saturday, um, which will be you know tough for both teams, and someone's going to drop points there. Bitten have got to go to Millbrook on Saturday, um, which will be difficult. And, and, and I think Tavistock have got Cainsham on Saturday. So I think, yeah, we, we, we don't want to drop points and it could alter the complexion of it all. But I think 
I think everyone will. Um, so I think it's just get it's trying to keep that consistency. And while we're on the good run that we're on, that that that's the focus for us. We want, we want to keep that going. And all of the staff at the club, like I say, um, you know, I've got some unbelievable people alongside me: um, Adam Fletcher and, and Andy Graham and, and John Tonkin and Gareth O'Neill and, and, and Jack Greenwood. We've got an amazing group of staff who just drive players on and drive their desire to, to do well. Um, and, the, and the group are brilliant, and they want to do well. So we'll all look at the, all of those games in individual in individual cases and, and assess them each individually as to what we kind of how we need to prepare. But it'll be tough. Um, but we we'll just if we keep doing what we're doing at the moment, I know it sounds trite, but if we keep doing what we're doing at the moment, we'll. we'll We'll be okay because um, there's there's some really good there's some really good sort of aspects of our game and um, we'll keep working hard on them. We'll train tonight, we'll train Thursday, and, and be ready for the next challenge on Saturday against again a team we've never played before. Um, a pitch that I, 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 we, I've, I think I might have played on a long time ago, but we, we don't really know anything about. Um, so again, it's another exciting one, and uh, we, yeah, we'll, we'll treat Saturday, and then then we'll start to think about Buckland's come uh, come come Monday. Jake, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks very much again for your time. And um, you never know, you like, we might be able to squeeze another one of these chats in before the end of the season. Yeah, it'll be my pleasure, Ian. It's always a pleasure to come on, and uh, always nice to speak to you. And, and again, all the great league, uh, all the great work that the Western League does. I know everyone down in Cornwall's really appreciating and enjoying the challenge. So thanks to you and, and everyone for spreading the word and, and doing what you do. It's really appreciated. And my thanks to Jake for his time. Uh, one final game that we're going to be covering in the Premier Division, and that is our Premier Division leaders, Tavistock. They were taking on Cabri Heath. And, uh, well, perhaps this was a little closer than uh, than perhaps uh, some people would have thought it was going to be before kickoff, Tom. Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, well, Tavistock obviously, yeah, romp, well, not romping away, but I think this, this result, they did eventually win 3-1. Uh, now put them 14 points clear, so obviously they're doing something right, aren't they? And... Uh, Kebrahev towards towards the lower end of the of the table as as we know, but it, it did take them a, a long time to Tavistock that is to 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 make their sort of presence um, presence felt I would say. Uh, Liam Prin uh, did put them ahead, uh, but then it was only the 50th minute where they managed to double their advantage. So the Heath were very much in the game for for much of the much of the afternoon. Uh, but it was Dan Coiter once he slotted home for two. Now you probably writing was a little bit on the wall. Uh, the Heath did pull a goal back. Uh, George Boone managed to trim the deficit. Uh, but it was Prin again. I think that's his 29th goal of the campaign. Northam just needs, um, yeah, I think he's leading leading the way in those those stakes so far. Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah Tavistock's latest three points coming thanks to a free on whenever Capri. If you're thinking Tool Station, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, Dewalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest, and Santex. Yeah. They do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a Toolstation near you. Now, moving on to the first division, and AEK Bocco, they were at home to Odd Down, and it was to the visitors, the spoils. Yeah, another, another another win for for the Bath side. Two nil victors uh, they were over over Bocco. Yeah, really really early goal uh, setting them on their way. Omar Simpson after just five minutes, uh, and then it was just after the half hour mark where they got another one. Uh, Curtis Dunn uh, crossing uh, crossing from wide out, and it was Saracen Gates powering his head at home. Uh, that made it two nil, and that, that was how it stayed. And I think Saracen Gates must win your your name of the day. That that would be my recommendation. 
that would um, well i mean <laughs> that is quite an incredible i mean even by one. name of the day standards i had to double check and triple check it i must admit so i'm yeah it's a good one i just that is fantastic mm. <laughs> what a love name it. love it what a name um and um and another good win for odd down of course one of the informed teams in the first division we haven't had them on the podcast this season so that was something i'm really pleased to say we've rectified this week when we speak to their assistant manager jason mags and i started off by talking to jason about that game with ak bocco the damage of course done in the first half of those two goals and um so i reflected with jason whether it was a classic game of two halves yeah, I think we thoroughly deserved the the result Saturday. And speaking to a few of the um, Boko people after the game in the in the, in the clubhouse, uh, they 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 said we thoroughly deserved it. And I think we could have had a, a stonewall penalty, which wasn't given, and we missed a fair few chances to probably put the game out of sight. But overall, yeah, I think two uh, 0 was a good result for us Saturday. You're fourth in the table at the, as things stand. Um, are you? You must be pleased with the way that um, you started this season. Like I said, we've uh, sort of started again from where we were the other year. Um, we had a sort of a sit down before the season started and had a sort of a, a plan of action. We were hoping this year if we could sort of top six, six to eight, something like that. That would have been a, a good start for us this year with obviously the players what we've had coming in. Um, players we've lost so um, yeah for being where we are at the moment I know we've played a few more games than everyone else but yeah overall yeah we're happy for where we are to be honest yeah because obviously it was a strange one going into this season Um, you started off looking at life in the Premier Division then you um, took the decision um, um, to drop down and I I understand that that was wasn't an easy decision for the club but one that you feel that the club had to make it was a it was a hard decision because obviously um, everybody wants to be in the, the highest league they can be, and unfortunately for us, like I said, the financial restraints of being in that Western League Premier Division was out of our hands. So as a new committee was being set up with Odd Dang and bringing us in as the managers and having our sort of input, yeah, the only thing we could do was to take the hard decision of to stop drop down to Division 1 and rebuild and start again. What did that mean for your ambitions this season? What was the main target for you um, to achieve this season? Well, our, our main ambition was to basically start building a side which, you know, which we were trying to do over the last sort of three years, but with the COVID and everything was impacted with that, sort of put pay to it because we, you know, we had a few players, then we lost a few players, some players since the COVID thing have sort of lost interest in football so for us it was a case of like we're dropping down uh, we're going to rebuild and as a club try and build and start going forward again I mean it's been a bit of a crazy season for everybody and of course I speak to a lot of the managers on the podcast and player availability seems to be one of the sort of the key post-COVID issues but um, as well as COVID postponements we've most recently had um, the weather playing havoc with our, our fixture schedule so I mean what have you made of the sort of the circumstances for playing Western League football this season? Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's not been as challenging it was a couple of years ago when the, obviously the COVID was in its sort of uh, prime. But yeah, we've had a few games called off through the weather, which, you know, this time of the year you will get with the rain we've had. Yeah, you, you will get a few games postponed here and there. But overall, if you look at where we are 
game-wise, I think we're probably up there with the most games played in our division at the moment, hence why we're probably three games ahead of everyone else. Well, you haven't got a game for a while, have you? You've got a bit of a gap between your next league game, which is away at Lebec on the uh, the 28th of January. Do, do you think that that's going to be a, a, a bonus for you? Do you think that will give you more time on the training pitch, or would you have preferred to have kept playing? The run we've been on, at the moment, you, you always want to keep going, because you know, winning breeds confidence. And our last sort of five game, I think we've we've won four, drew one with the January, uh, sorry, December and coming into January. So as a team, you want to keep playing. But um, unfortunately, like I said, we've got to wait now and we've got to break. Uh, we will get the lads in training, which, you know, and fair play to the lads, they do all turn up. And uh, we'll just keep working hard. And then hopefully, like I said, we'll take that into the Lebec game. And then we've got a tough encounter against the top of the table, Welton, the following Tuesday. So um, the games will be coming thick and fast, and hopefully uh, all the boys will be uh, ready ready for the challenge. Yeah, that game against Welton is, is eye-catching, isn't it? It's another away game for you. You're on a little run of away games um, over the next um, few few weeks. But that's going to be a real test for you, isn't it? I mean, given the run that you've been on, are you feeling optimistic that you can, you know, that you can uh, give the league leaders a real test? Well, I, I think if you look back at the start of the season, we played them the first game of the season. And I think we were unlucky, to be honest. We lost the game 2-1. But it was a deflected goal by them right at the end. But fair play to them. They, you know, they won the game 2-1. And then, obviously, what happened after that was prove why they were top of the league. Because uh, they went on a fantastic run. But, yeah, if we play them now, and, and hopefully when we do play them, if we're still on our little bit of a run, then hopefully we can uh, give them a game. Yeah. I mean, we're over halfway um, so far. So, have you? Um, what, what other teams, other than Welton, what other teams have sort of impressed you up at the top of the uh, first division? Well, I'll give Warminster a bit of credit. They um, they put us to the sword, and hence they're up there as well, challenging. We went to Sherborne, where we were actually winning three 0 and blew it and drew three three. But Sherborne have been very. Uh, very good this year because they're up to I think second or third if I can remember rightly so those two teams Radstock was uh, a decent side we played up here um, they beat us but you know there's obviously revenge needed on that one but no there's been some there's been some good sides and obviously if you look at elite table as well as the premier table you'll always see the the, the top team start jockeying this time of the season and uh, you'll see the cream rise to the top as they say now, one final question. This is the f- first time we've had you on the podcast, um, um, Jason. So um, just for those people who are a bit unfamiliar with you, could you tell us a little bit about your own footballing background and, and your journey to the to the Odd Down dugout? Well, I played up Odd Down uh, for, well, I must have been, I've been associated with the club for probably about 20 years. I was, uh, I came up as a young lad, uh, played reserve football for quite a few seasons and got the push to go into the first team under uh, a very good manager at the time was Mr Paul Gover uh, he gave me my chance to play in the Western League Premier and I had a fair well like I said went on probably a good eight seasons I left Odd Dang went to Larkall uh, Larkall for three seasons then went down to Shepton Mallet for a season with an old uh, ex-manager who was at Odd Dang, a chap called Malcolm Beck uh, we had a good season down there and then I 
decided to take football and I knocked on the head at 30. And people would think, well, blimey, what did you knock on the head at 30? But for me, that was enough. I had a bit of an injury, so I went from football and uh, changed sport altogether, went to rugby. Uh, played rugby for 10 years for a local team in Bath called Coondang, and then finished rugby and come back to the football, hence back to Oddang to run the reserves, which was given the opportunity to do. And uh, we've done probably about three or four seasons with the reserves, ending up with a pinnacle of winning the, the Somerset Cup with them. Uh, after that, I left it, waiting for the chance to do the first team, and then the opportunity come up three years ago, and Nick Beaverstock, who I do it with, we got got together, had a chat, and said, you know, let's do it together, and uh, yeah, we've thoroughly enjoyed it, and known Nick for many, many years, and uh, yeah, we, we, we're getting on really well, getting on really well. And my thanks to Jason for his time. Now, moving on to our next match, and it is um, between Bishop Sutton and another one of the sides that have been performing very well, Oldland Abertonians. And um, Oldland's good form continued at the weekend, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. A really, really good comeback, this one. Uh, Bishop Sutton, another one of those sides, um, yeah, having a, having a fine season, I think most people would, would say. Uh, and they, they did go ahead seven minutes before the interval. That was uh, Jacob Bird putting them ahead. Uh, but the Abbots did manage to, yeah, pit back and eventually run out three world winners. Uh, I think the most crucial goal they'll probably, probably agree came just before the break. Uh, Aaron Mansfield curling the ball home from the edge of the area, so made sure they weren't behind at the interval. I think that's that, yeah, it's pretty crucial keeping them in the game. Uh, and then a couple of further goals after the break as they managed to managed to pull away. Mansfield pretty influential in this one, uh, crossing for Scott Hatcher to make it two one, uh, and then it was Craig Parsons who added a third. Uh, to complete the comeback. So, uh, yeah, fantastic result for Oldland away at uh, Bishop Sutton. And from the Bishops of Sutton to the Bishops of Lydiard, they were taking on Gillingham Town at home. And, um, well, Bishops Lydiard getting a good win here, Tom. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, ending a four-match winless run. Uh, so, they've, yeah, I'm assuming they've probably not, you know, not been too active as most of the teams haven't been for uh, over recent weeks. But uh, stretching back, uh, yeah, four matches, as I say, without, without a win. So, this will be, yeah, yeah, really... Yeah, a good boost for them. 2 0 win uh, over Gillingham, uh, and it was goals from Jacob Heyman and Adam Willis either side the break, uh, leading them to victory. So, uh, good afternoon for the Lids. And moving on finally to Longwell Green Sports, another monster crowd. And why wouldn't it be? They've been having such fantastic crowds since they've um, reopened Shellards Road. Uh, Hengrove are the visitors, a closer game, but um, certainly the home fans will have gone home happy here, Tom. They will have. And it was, uh, yeah, it's another team to, to come from behind to. To claim the spoils, so it's always, uh, yeah, it's always, always good fun, isn't it, when you when you come from behind, and that was that was what they did. Uh, another large crowd, as you say, uh, but it was, uh, yeah, Liam Oswin, he was man the match for them. Uh, he scored the equaliser uh, after Jack Cousins had put, put Hengrove ahead, uh, and then it was left to Alex Wimshaw pretty late on uh, this one, uh, the late winner, uh, heading home and uh, making it two one, and that was that was how it stayed. So another good win for Longwell Green, uh, home to Hengrove. Absolutely. Now we'll cast our eye forward to Saturday the 22nd of January and uh, which game has caught your eye in the Premier Division, Tom? It's tough tough to choose this week. It's got a lot of good ones, but I've gone with uh, Exmouth Canesham. So we've got second versus tenth. Uh, obviously Canesham, yeah, I think we've well touched on both of their matches, didn't we? Uh, just, uh, just a minute ago, but Canesham, a 5-3 win. Uh, they're, they're, well, they'll be full of confidence, uh, but taking on the Exmouth side, who are, yeah, up in second and and win more often than not. So uh, yeah, should be 
should be a decent affair, I think. I think you're absolutely right. There are some tasty ties in the Premier Division this weekend. Millbrook Bitten um, has the look of a good game about it. I'm sure Bitten will want to get back to willing ways. Um, but I'm going to go for Helston Athletic against Bridgewater United. I'm sure Bridgewater will want to put things right after that exit from the FA Vars. And we know how competitive Helston are. So I'm sure no quarters will be asked for and none will be given at Helston on uh, Saturday, the 22nd of January. And uh, moving on into the first division, Tom, which game has caught your eye there? Going for Wincanton versus Oldland. Uh, Wincanton, yeah, haven't lost since early October. So they, um, yeah, I think well, we have mentioned them quite a bit, well, over recent weeks. Uh, they, yeah, they're definitely a team to watch going into the, the second half of the, the season. Taking on an Oldland side who, yeah, as, we, as we've as uh, we recently mentioned, they come back a Came back to, to claim a good win away at Bishop Sutton on the weekend. So uh, yeah, it should be um yeah, should be a good good old encounter on Saturday afternoon. Absolutely. I do love one I do love these long well green um <laughs> home games because they seem to get you know, absolutely massive gates. It's clearly a good afternoon out in uh, South mm. Gloucestershire. They're at home again, so I think we can expect another large three-figure gate. The visitors will be Wales City. Perhaps they've dropped off a little bit as this season's gone on. Well, one side that's picked up is Longwell Green. So I think this will be a really interesting, uh, really interesting battle to see whether all Longwell Green can continue their upward trajectory. Uh, now, before we um, call it a day on the podcast, Tom, um, we are going to have a quick look around the league tables. Do you want to kick us off in the Premier Division? Can do. Can do, indeed. So, at the top, we've got Tavistock. Uh, they've got 55 points from 24 matches. So, they are, yeah, quite a way out in front. They have played the most in the league out of most. Uh, I think it's just Cadbury Heath, in fact, just looking at it. they played 25. But Tavistock, 24 matches they've played. But they are, yeah, 14 points clear, 55 uh, they've got in the bag, uh, and then there is a huge chasing pack that are all very tight. I think there's nine points covering uh, second all the way down to 12. So teams in the bottom half, a couple of wins away from a, a big move up the table. But uh, currently second is Exmouth, uh, 21 games played, 41 points. So they've three games in hand on Tavistock, but 14 points in the rears. They've uh, then got Malzell, 19 games played only for them. They're also on 41 points. And then a couple of teams on 39, such as uh, Bridgewater and Bitten, both played 22 matches. So, yeah, but it really is <laughs> it really is piling up just behind them. Um, yeah, plenty of teams still with, with loads to play for. And, and I, I would, yeah, I, I, it's quite a healthy division. I think there's a lot of good teams uh, knocking about this year. So, it's, yeah, it should be a good second half of the half of the season. Super competitive, isn't it? Mm, really is. Um, at the, uh, less so at the bottom end. <laughs> um, we, we heard, of course, um, um, from Bridport last week on the podcast, and we know what a difficult season um, that they've been having. They sit at the bottom of the Premier Division, play 25, they've got three points. Uh, then quite a gap between them and Ashton and Backwell, who play 22 and have got 12 points, and then five points separates um, Ashton and Backwell from Cadbury Heath and Street. Um, Cadbury Heath have played 25 games, Street only 20, but both sides find themselves um, on 17 points. And um, I think there's a, you know, then there's another five point gap between them and Wellington in, uh, in 15th. So I think those, the, the, the foot of the, of the, of the Premier Division table starting to take shape, arguably. Um, let's look at the top of the first division. And again, Tom, as we've said, and, you know, for the last couple of weeks, it's looking a little bit tighter than it had been this season. It really is. Yeah, absolutely. So um, three points covering the top three, uh, leading the way. Uh, is still just about Welton, uh, just about uh, 53 points they've got from 23 matches, 16 wins for them. 
Uh, so yeah, they they are ahead just, but two teams really have have closed the gap recently. Uh, and that's Sherborne, 24 games played. They're on 51 points, a couple couple behind Welton and when, uh, Warminster, the other side. Uh, 24 games played also. Uh, they're on 50 points. So yeah, those are the those are the leading three at the moment. You've then got Odd Down, another good win for them on the weekend. 26 matches they've played, uh, 41 points, uh, and then also on 40 are Wincanton, who are obviously the team we've we've earmarked a little bit to to watch over over the next couple of couple of months. Uh, 22 games played, they're on 40 points. Uh, so uh, yeah, a little bit of chasing for them to do, but. They can, if they continue on their, their way, it won't be it won't be long before they join that top three, I wouldn't say. Yeah. Well, and it does feel like they've been sort of I mean, mm. rung back in again, haven't they? One of the interesting statistics about the table at the top is the goal difference, because um, although Welton do sit top, um, Sherbourne have got a goal difference of 41 mm. uh, in second place. And um, Wincanton, of course, the two teams that we've increasingly been talking about a lot more. Um, on the podcast, Wincanton's goal difference is 34. So um, obviously it doesn't equate to points necessarily, but perhaps does indicate that those sides have been scoring a few more and maybe um, that's the way that Welton will get caught in the end anyway, if if indeed they will, because of course if they start winning their games again, I'm sure they'll reimpose themselves at the top of the division. Mm-hmm. Uh, the side imposing itself at the bottom of the division at the moment is Devizes, played 24, 14 points, and we won't talk about their goal difference. Um, Bristol Telephone's just above them in 20. If they've played 20 games, they've got 17 points, and then three points above them, Bishops Lydiard. Of course, they had that win at the weekend, 21 played, 20 points, and then there's a four-point gap um, between Bishops Lydiard and Portishead. Portishead have played 23 games and have 24 points. Tom, thank you very much indeed. It's lovely to have you back on the podcast. Mm. That that can mean only one thing. That is, hey. we've got Tool Station Western League football to talk about. And when we have Tool Station Western League football to talk about, we normally talk about it in your excellent bulletin. Where can the listeners find that? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So that is on the, uh, the Tool Station, uh, the Western League website. Uh, you can go about halfway down the homepage, it is, uh, Nassau's. Uh, and you can download that. Uh, if you click on the link and it will yeah, take you to the most recent... Uh, publication uh, and that yeah go, goes through the fixtures results uh, roundups um, leading scorers tables etc and uh, yeah it comes out every week looking back on on games and looking ahead to, to what's to come so that's uh, yeah that's back up and running excellent tom thanks very much indeed for your time it's great to have you back and uh, i look forward to catching up with you next week on the tool station westernly podcast